Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Not sure exactly when you're listening to this podcast, but again, appreciate you tuning in to this latest episode of Train, Eat, Repeat. If you haven't already, I keep saying it, but only a few of you have done it, but go on to Apple Podcasts, go on to Spotify, leave a review. Let me know what you guys think of the show so that way I can better serve you. And again, that is the whole purpose is to help you with your health and your wellness via this podcast. Uh, So what did we talk about last week? We talked about taking it slow as you get back into your routines as gyms are starting to slowly reopen and just make sure that we're focusing on the things that are going to help us see progress rather than help us take a step backward. Hydration around our nutrition and just how important it is to make sure that we stay hydrated, especially as the temperatures have started to rise. We're in that middle of summer and making sure that we do it number one because it helps with bodily function, number two because it's going to help you perform better, Um, and just overall it's going to help uh, with many of your goals. So just making sure we stay hydrated, what those dehydration signs look like, and uh, go back and listen to the last podcast if you have any thought that you might not be gaining in enough water throughout your day. We also talked about expectations, how to set them and how sometimes if we don't have the right expectations for something or someone, how it can definitely detriment our ability to move forward and reach our goals. So those are just some of the topics that we covered in last week's episode, and we will be jumping into some new topics this week that will play off of those. Um, So if you guys want to skip around, this is what we're going to be talking about in training, the exercises that give you the biggest bang for your buck. So I've actually been getting asked a few questions in terms of, well, how much weightlifting should I be doing? How much cardio should I be doing? And what is is the right... uh, amount of both to be able to get the right results. But more importantly, the questions I get asked is what are the best exercises, right? And for me to simplify things is I want to make sure that you're using the exercises that give you the most bang for your buck. So even if you have very limited time or you have very limited limited equipment, which by the way, you can get a very effective workout just having a barbell, a set of dumbbells and a mat. That's literally all you need. Um, Which is important to know, especially during this time when a lot of you are limited by the amount of equipment that you have. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. We're also going to be talking about diets and and why they don't work. And we'll dive into sort of the the reasons behind that, but then what you can do um, instead of following the newest and greatest diet plan. And then we're going to talk about why overcoming your weaknesses is so dang hard. And your expectations that you set for yourself when you try to conquer those weaknesses um, is definitely something that you can tie into um, how to overcome those weaknesses. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, just wanted to give a, a sort of thought out there before we get started. But has anyone seen, if you look around, uh, the new trend is to hang your mask. So obviously we're in a stage in the United States and across the world where social distancing is the new norm, wearing a mask as you go inside uh, buildings and, and stores and things of that nature. But the new trend is hanging your mask from your rearview mirror, <laughs> which I just find hilarious because it's, it, it, are you like telling people that you, hey, you know what, I'm a, I'm a mask wearer. Um, maybe it helps you not forget to bring your mask with you. 
Um, I just find it funny that that's like the new uh, fuzzy dice or that's the new air freshener look of 2020. So as you look back over the course of this year, I think that definitely will be a lasting image and something you can have a a slight chuckle about. Um, But as long as people are being safe and wearing their masks and as long as that helps them remember, I guess that's just what you have to do. So let's get down to business uh, around training. So the questions I've been getting asked is, Tyler, what's the best exercises or biggest bang for your buck exercises? And this is going to relate to anybody because the truth about health and wellness and fitness in general is that there always are going to be these tried and true principles that no matter how many different exercises and science and everything like that that comes out, they will give you a result as long as they're done consistently and as long as they're done with proper form and they're also done in a periodization uh, type of methodology. And I'll explain some of that a little bit. But overall, the exercises that are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck are going to be what we call compound exercises. So exercises that work the major muscle groups and work more than one major muscle group at a time. And there are also going to be exercises that are very functional, meaning that these are movements that you will need to master because you do these movements every day in your in your daily routine, whether you realize it or not. So what are some examples of some compound movements? Squats, hip hinge or deadlift. So being able to lift something off the floor, utilizing your posterior chain, your glutes, your hamstrings any type of pressing movement. So whether we're doing that from a horizontal standpoint, so most people will think like a chest press or a push-up, or you're doing it from a vertical standpoint, which would be raising something over your head. How many times throughout your day do you have to lift something over your head effectively and make sure that you're supported so that way we don't end up injuring our lower back or we actually have the range of motion to go overhead? Other examples would be any type of pulling exercise. So the same thing as your pressing exercises, both horizontal and vertical. So anytime we're pulling something, right, we want to make sure that we're in a stable position. We're in neutral spine, meaning that our head, middle back, and tailbone are all lined, making sure that our core musculature is what's supporting us. And then a vertical pull would be something where you're actually pulling your own body weight up against gravity. So an example of that would be like a pull-up. Or any time that you've had to pull yourself up onto a boat or pull yourself up on a rope. Anytime you're pulling your own weight in a vertical sense, that is going to be those pulls. So if nothing else, if you didn't do anything else in your workout programs except focus on those movements, that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're working multiple muscle groups at one time, which IE means that your body has to expend more energy in order to move your body through those movements. And so what happens is, is that you end up burning more calories. The other piece that you're doing is you're adding on lean muscle tissue. Lean muscle tissue is more metabolically active than fat. So what that means is, is that the more muscle mass you have, Now, I'm not talking about getting big and bulky and trying to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, which would be awesome, but essentially what happens is is that your body can now take in more calories to maintenance that muscle. Now, albeit, that means we're taking in the right type of calories, right? So, and then the other big benefit from all of this is that it is proven that the more muscle mass you have on your frame and the more muscle mass you can maintain throughout your life, it leads to longevity of life as well. 
So those are the big reasons as to why you would want to focus on these major movements. Now, what type of program would you want to follow with these movements? So there's two different types of programs. Either you're going to follow a linear periodization or a nonlinear periodization. To make things very simplified, when I work with my clients, it all depends on their goal and how much recovery they need. But typically it looks like somewhere between two to three days a week of full body movements with focusing on varying rep ranges and intensities and changing up that intensity in those rep ranges every four weeks or so, every three to four weeks. And the reason why is that your body will get adapted to it. So if you're wondering why you haven't been seeing results in your weight training program, well, ask yourself how long you've been on that same program, right? How many weeks, how many months, maybe even a year have you been doing the same program? If you are, that's why you've become stagnant. That's why you've plateaued and you're not no longer seeing results. Then a nonlinear periodization looks something like where you're varying your rep ranges during each workout. So for instance, let's take a three day a week model. Your first day in your week, you're going to be focusing mainly on muscular endurance. So you're going to keep your rep ranges somewhere between 12 and 15. You might do somewhere between two to three sets for each exercise. And then you're also keeping your rest periods relatively low. Then let's say on Wednesday, you're going to focus on strength. So now we're really going to lower those rep ranges. Your rep ranges are three to six repetitions. You might be doing, again, somewhere between two, four, six. All depends on how much volume you want to do. And I highly suggest, again, if you're just getting back into the gym, start with lower volume so your body can adapt. And your rest periods are going to be slightly longer. So you're looking at probably the longest rest periods you'll have in throughout that nonlinear periodization. So you're going to have somewhere between two and three minutes, maybe even more. So that way the central nervous system can fully recover because, again, you're going to be lifting heavier weight, which is harder on your body. And then on that third day, barring you, we have 24 to 48 hours of rest between these workouts because, remember, recovery is where we see the result. But that third workout is you're going to have a blend of both. So a blend of muscular endurance and strength. So that's where your rep ranges will land somewhere between 8 and 10. And then, again, your rest will be somewhere between that muscular endurance phase and that strength workout phase. So those are just two basic ideas that I start with all of my clients is, number one, what is our goal? We identify that, right? We use those SMART goals. But then making sure that our workouts are based around those compound movements because I know that they're going to give it the client and anybody for that matter, including myself, the biggest bang for their buck. And you'll also save time because while bicep curls and um, other accessory type movements are, they all serve a purpose, you know, you're working those smaller muscle groups when you're doing compound movements anyway. So unless you're trying to step on stage or you're really trying to target a certain area of your body, that's great. But what I would say is do all of your compound movements first because they take the most energy and leave those accessory movements for the end of your workout because they won't require a whole lot of energy depending on what it is that you're working on. So just remember compound movements are key. Two to three workouts per week utilizing those compound movements And again, making sure that we're switching it up every three to four weeks. And if you need help with your programming, reach out to me. That's why I'm here. I'm I'm giving you this information, but then I'm also a coach. So if you need a little bit more of a deep dive, make sure you reach out to me. So let's switch up gears and talk about uh, diets real quick. 
Because the other thing that I've gotten questions about is, you know, what what do I eat? Sure, that's a question I get, but what diet is the best? First of all, in my opinion, in the way that I coach, your diet is what you eat. It is not keto. It is not Atkins. This is not uh, the carnivore diet. And the reason why I like to look at diets in that perspective is that it's more sustainable. Your goal is not, for most people, is not to just get to a goal only to return back to where you were before, right? So what we, the reason why diets don't work is because they're not sustainable. You went from habits that you've built over the course of a long period of your life, right? So you're, you've, you've always eaten a certain way because that's how you grew up or this is how your mother cooked for you or this is what you really love to eat. Because it feeds that emotional sense, maybe not just so much your body, but also that emotional sense. And then all of a sudden you say, tomorrow, boom, I'm going to go keto. And you just took, I don't know, 10 or more habits that you have to change overnight. And you don't even know if it supports your goal. You don't know if it if you're going to feel optimal, you're going to have tons of energy, which in most cases, when people start doing a huge elimination and changing things up, the first few weeks, if not more, are pretty miserable for that individual. They don't feel their best. And then what happens is, is that it's not maintainable because they don't have the, the amount of energy that they require. They're not seeing results from that diet, and it's unrealistic. So if you're eating out three to four times a week and then all of a sudden you go keto, it's very hard to make that adjustment on the fly. So what do I suggest? Well, number one, take a few things or a couple different habits that you want to change this week. So let's say, for instance, that your biggest crutch is that you like to enjoy a little sugary treat at night. Well, let's maybe make it a habit that I'm only going to have that sugary treat one or two times throughout the week. Or maybe you notice that you have a little bit of indigestion each time that you eat a certain food. Well, why don't we do some blood testing, figure out exactly what it is that you're having that sensitivity to. That way we don't have to guess about it. So, and then focusing on the basics. So just like in exercise, we're focusing on the compound movements, which are your basics of weight training. They're going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. Focus on eating a vegetable, maybe some fruit, some healthy fats a lean cut of protein, and a good, healthy carbohydrate at each meal. So just start with that and see how you feel. Because that is going to be more sustainable than going cold turkey on something for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days and expecting that when you get back to your normal routine that you've shaped habits. Now don't get me wrong, you might have found a few things that work for you, but in the end, consistently, time after time after time, anybody that has gone on any diet as, as the media world you know terms it, not my definition, but how the media world terms diet, it's not sustainable. And sustainable results is what we're trying to get. Because obviously you went out and set out set forth on for this goal with an idea in mind that you would turn your life around and that you would be able to sustain this newfound fitness, this newfound body, this new find of this newfound confidence that you were looking for. And a lot of times or more times than not, diets are just not the way to do it. And to me, besides a diet being what you eat, a diet is, is only good if it works for you. 
So if you have found success in some of those mainstream media diets, good for you. I'm not saying that it's not something you want to do. But what I would say is that for the overwhelming majority of society, doing on a cleanse or something like that doesn't build sustainable habits, which is also something that I try to teach every single one of my clients because I want them to have success for the long haul rather than just some magic pill that makes them feel good for the next three months. So let's talk about your your weaknesses. And I had to reflect on this quite a bit myself because at one point or another, we kind of have to break through barriers in order to grow. And I posted on Instagram earlier this week, and I love this quote, that it doesn't get easier, you just get better. There's always going to be challenges that you'll come up against in your life. And the worst thing that you can do is shy away from them and say, well, that's just not in my wheelhouse or I, I don't think that I can achieve or get better at that skill set. And there, don't get me wrong, there are certain skill sets that maybe don't matter to you, right? So like for instance for me, I am by far the least handy person you've ever met. So if I need something fixed, I can YouTube it, that's fine, but I just don't have that skill set in my toolbox. However, what I would say though is that you know, I might reach out to a friend or, or somebody that's knowing on that specific topic so that I can learn a little bit so that I can at least function. But it's not something that I'm willing to pour hours and hours into to refine that skill because I have too many other things on my plate. So that's where you really want to identify what weaknesses you need to work on in order to be successful in business, in relationships, in your fitness, whatever it might be. But one of the hardest things to do, or one of the reasons why it's so hard to conquer your weaknesses, is because you have to get uncomfortable in order to do it. You have to own up to the fact that it is a weakness and that it is something that you need to work on. And the only way to eliminate your weaknesses is to go after it and, and, and try to learn as much as you can. Whether you're doing some light reading, maybe you're listening to an audiobook, maybe you reach out to a mentor who's really proficient in that area. And what that takes too is, is you being humble, you know, and, and sort of being comfortable with ambiguity and, and being able to say to yourself, you know what, I don't know everything, but I'm willing to put in the work to figure it out. And so how do you get uncomfortable? I, for a lot of the things that I just listed, but I think the biggest thing is owning up, number one, that you don't know. And number two, finding the research you need in order to learn it, reach out to those individuals that are really good in that field, maybe trade information with them because you'll have a skill set that maybe they're lacking. And you'll be able to feed off of them just as much as they feed off of you. And the reason why this got brought up is, you know, clients will come to me and they'll ask certain questions. And while I know a lot about health and fitness, I by far do not know everything. And so a lot of times it, I'm okay now comfortably saying, you know what, I don't know, but I'll find out for you, which is way better than me guessing, number one, because that doesn't help the client at all, or number two, getting defensive or getting down on myself because I feel like I should know that. There's some quote that says that it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert in a field. Well, you can't be an expert at everything, right? And even if you do know a lot, there still are things that you're not going to know. So in order to conquer your weaknesses, what I challenge you guys to do over the course of this next week, the month, year, whatever, is get uncomfortable, 
own up to the fact that you don't know everything. Do it. Do everything you can to find the right information you need in order to be successful. And measuring success by what you call success and not anyone else. But that's the key, guys, is that so many times we get sidetracked or we stop because we hit a roadblock. And again, the roadblocks are never going to stop coming, right? It doesn't get easier. You just get better. And the only way you're going to get better is if you step outside that comfort zone. So hopefully you guys got some good information uh, today. It was a pleasure uh, to talk with you guys. Again, uh, hit me up on Instagram at fit underscore Ferent. Um, you can also reach me by email, tyler Ferent at traineatrepeat.co. So until next time, guys, be kind, be humble, and work your ass off. Thanks for listening to Train Eat Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.